we choose to worship you from hearts that truly declare that you are Lord of Lords, that you are King of Kings, that you reign supreme and that we cannot live a life that is godly without you in our lives. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for this time that we can worship you. Thank you that we can worship you in freedom in this nation. Thank you that that will always be the case. And Lord, we pray that you would rise up a standard. And that you would bring a shaking amongst your body in this nation. And that we would stand and speak the truth in love. And that righteousness and godliness will prevail in this nation. destroy any spirit of division we pray that you would remove every destructive stealing lying spirit out of this nation in Jesus name and we bless you for this we bless you for this time and we pray that you would allow your word to come alive in our hearts as we go through it in Jesus name Well, this is the fourth in the series. We've been looking at the the life of Joseph. Uh, As you know, Joseph's uh, life story is told from Genesis 37 to 50. That's 13 chapters, which means there's obviously a tremendous amount that God is wanting to impart in our lives through his example and through his life. The tragedy is many people don't read the Bible, so they do not glean from his life and learn what they should. Instead, we so often experiment with life, hit our heads, bump our heads, and we the worse for it. So may we not be like that. May we learn from his life and obviously many others' lives. This morning, uh, if you've missed others, you can go on YouTube and get it, which is awesome for us as a congregation and also people around the world. But this morning, my title is Dream... The impossible dream. I believe many people in this nation have stopped dreaming. Hello? Who of you have stopped dreaming? Who have had your dreams crushed because of the political climate in this nation? Come on. There's many of you. I know that. There are so many people that have allowed the circumstance and the situation that is taking place in this nation to destroy their dreams. And God today is going to set you free and allow those dreams to come alive again. Amen. Are you ready for him to say, Lord, stir that up within me? So, please forgive me if I detour a little bit, but I have a purpose for what I say. I find it very sad and tragic that we have a government that tries to hide behind political words and call... Go for this, what, they, what is called actually land grabs or land stealing, better so. Not, you know, taking, or what do they call it, um, redistribution or expropriation without compensation. It is taking, stealing land and making it legal to do so. That is it, that is it. Let's put it in normal terms. Hello? That is it. It is godless, it is unrighteous. 
It will not prevail and it must not prevail. And we as the church need to declare this and speak it out. Hello. The tragedy is many people think that one one wrong can be rewritten with another wrong. No. You cannot write a wrong with a wrong. And this is what is taking place in this nation right now. They are wanting to steal land from the white man for what purpose? Just to steal it. Because they'll do nothing with it. That's the tragedy. And it's happened with many businesses in this country with, through what they call the BEE law. It is a clever way of stealing from the white man to give it to the black man. And this is called division. And they continue to do this. Meanwhile, there are so many godly black people and godly white people and colored and Indian. And God wants us to be a rainbow nation. But these kind of laws prevent this from happening. And these kind of laws stop people from dreaming. And this is certainly not the plan of God. Suppress another nation. And the Bible says, the Bible says they will rise up against you. In the apartheid era, that's what took place. The whites suppressed the blacks and they rose up against us. Right? And in this day and age, it's all we have is it's reversed. And we have reversed apartheid. Where the blacks are trying to suppress the whites. And all that will happen is, what does the Bible say? They will rise up. Well, one year, ten years, twenty, hundred years, I don't know, but it will happen. Why? Because the Bible is true. Let God be true and every other man a liar. But we don't, want, we don't want to go through that. We don't want to do that. God does not want it. He wants us to learn from our wrongs, repent of them and make right. Amen? Amen. That we as black and white and colored and Indian and everyone can work together to make this truly a rainbow nation and to make this nation great and to make it a godly nation. But that means we cannot push your foot in the tulips and start saying things that are not true. Expropriation without compensation is theft. And we need to call it what it is. Stop trying to make laws that is pure blatant theft. And I'm sorry if some of you, this is a bit uneasy and I can feel it's a bit uneasy. But we need to speak the truth in this regard. And unless the church speaks up, who the heck is going to? This nation is supposed to be 80% Christian. What an absolute joke. It is not the truth. We wouldn't even be contemplating laws like this if that were the case. Joseph's sons went to Shechem. And they circumcised all the males in Shechem. Have you read that? Go and read it. They circumcised all of them. What did they then do the next night? night? They went and slaughtered all the men. They killed them. Do you know that Joseph's, what Joseph's response was? He was worried about what others would think of him. He wasn't thinking about how the heck can my sons be such murderers. He was worried about his reputation. And we have a government just like that. We have a government just like that. Eli, in the Bible, was a priest, a high priest. And he he never rebuked his sons. He never restrained them from evil. And because of this, guess what God did? He removed him. He took him out. Any sons. In this nation, we have a government that will not restrain its people. They allow them to run wild and do whatever they want. 
They're allowed to loot and steal and cheat and crook and do whatever they want, and they are not restrained. There's no discipline whatsoever. Hello? And there will come a time where God says enough is enough. And if this does not stop, I will pray that that will happen to our government. And let me tell you, I serve a God that is more stronger than any man, and he can do it just like that. So I pray that some of our government officials will be hearing this and listening to this and repent. Because if they don't, there's going to come a time where I, I will pray with all my heart that God will remove them. And God will hear the prayers of his people, I guarantee you. He hears the prayers of his people. And he will bring change. And he will bring it swiftly. This is, for me, it's one of the saddest things. You know, someone's, I, have, I have some very avid employees that love soccer. And I said to them, do you know why South, any, any African country will never win the World Cup? Look at me. How can you say that? I said they will never, ever win the World Cup because they are ill-disciplined. They have no discipline. And discipline comes from a father. And the tragedy is that the, there are so few real godly, godly father figures that will restrain their children in Africa. And we need to change that scenario. We need to change that situation. Someone said, yeah, but there's a whole lot of Africans in all the teams in the world. They're still in the World Cup. They are in teams that have discipline. So I'm not talking color here. I'm talking lack of discipline. Some of the best players in the World Cup teams are blacks. But they are in teams that are highly disciplined. And they work together. They don't work as a glory boy. They work as a team. And that's why they win. And we cannot think that we as a nation will ever win and become a great nation when we want to steal from one another when we want to suppress one another. You know why? Because the problem is when we do that, we destroy the dreams within people's hearts. That is why communism doesn't work and it never ever will work. If you go to Poland and you talk to people there, they'll tell you clearly. That's why a lot of the men there are passive because they grew up in communism, never thinking they can achieve to anything greater. If you're this or if you this, you're, you're the same. You can study to be a doctor for 15, 14 years, 7 years, and you can be a street sweeper, you're the same. So they never bothered aspiring to any greatness. It destroyed all dreams in people's hearts. So my prayer is that this will change, and that we will stand for godliness. Because without a dream in your heart, in our hearts, this nation is doomed. And in fact, any nation on the planet is doomed. Many things that we see today started in the mind's eye of someone and it started with a dream and then a vision and then they worked towards the dream. Thomas Edison dreamed that the night would disappear. Henry Ford dreamed that walking long distances would be a thing of the past. Listen to this. Henry Ford had a dream that grew out of his interest in, me- in mechanical things as a boy. He was intrigued by the automobile and built his first one out in his shed behind his house. He didn't have a whole streamline in his backyard. What are you doing in your backyard? Let's stop making excuses. His dream was to put the horseless carriage 
at that time only available to the wealthy. Who is praising God they don't have a horse carriage today? Into the hands of the common person. He helped form the Detroit Motor Company where his fellow organizers balked at the idea of manufacturing their product inexpensively in order to sell it to the masses. Ford left the company, but he did not leave his dream. In 1903, he organized the Ford Motor Company and produced what we know as the Model T uh, Beetle, which we know. Hey? The, first, the first year, only 6,000 cars were built. But only eight years later, half a million cars that year rolled out the line. They were, only, they were, they were able to reduce the cost from $850 to $360. And Ford's, Ford's dream became a reality. Joseph's became a reality. Martin Luther King's became a reality. Isaac Newton became a reality, just like God's will become a reality. God has a dream in his heart for every one of us to serve him, but to use our gifts to the glory and the honor of his name and to make this world a better place. Are you going to be a blood sucker like the most of our government politicians that suck the life out of us and the finances out of us, or are we going to say, I'm not going to be that. I'm going to contribute to make this world a better place. And there are some politicians that are not like that, and praise God for them. Yet in this nation, they are few and far between, tragically so. What are you going to do? Are you going to be a builder and a contributor? Or are you just going to suck and become a leech, as most people in this nation and Africa are? Stop allowing your past to dictate your future. Stop being a cor- co- cop out and blaming everybody else for your situation and your circumstance. It has become, it's, it, it makes me want to vomit, to be quite frank. Stop making excuses and let's start to dream. Amen? Let's start to dream. Every single one of us, irrespective of your age, what is the dream in your heart that you've allowed to die? Allow God to resurrect it this day. Right, here we read in Philippians three thirteen to 14, it says, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. What is that goal that, you, that God has said, I want you to do this? What is the dream that you have in your heart? Write, put it down there and run for it. But forget about, well, I was, my grandma was like this and my opa was this and this teacher did this to me and my poor me, 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 me. You know, people are so sick and tired of hearing those stories. I, I think some of your family maybe are even sick of hearing those stories. Let them go. Cut them from you and say, here we go. This is a new day that dawns for this nation. Because I have come into it this day. And I'm going to do great things to the glory of God. Without hope, all there is is hopelessness. Where there's hopelessness, there's pessimism. Pessimism outly results in death because pessimism stops you from dreaming. May we stop being pessimists. Hello? May we stop being pessimists and become the ultimate optimist and dream big. Irrespective of what happens, let's dream big. 
Even if it's taken all from you, let's dream big. Why? Because I'm a steward of what God's entrusted to me. I'm not an owner. Hello? If you have that mentality, your whole paradigm shifts to saying, let me multiply what God's put in my hand instead of just sitting and just, well, I give up. That is not the calling of God on our lives. Let us start to become possibility thinkers. I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking. I'm saying let's be possibility thinkers that know these things can change in our lives. One of the greatest things about a dream is that it creates an atmosphere of hope, excitement, optimism, and direction. And I want to encourage you, dream again. A dream is, is the first stage of an end product or an accomplishment. So let's dream big. Let's dream hugely. What is that dream that God birthed in your heart many years ago that you've allowed to die? Or what is it that in you that's wanting to come out that just keeps, doesn't stop? Do not crush those in other people. Say to other people, come on, you can do it. I thought it was so funny and I did say it the once with my little, see what's 10, how old's Jed? 10, 11, 10 years old comes to me and says he wants to start a YouTube channel. I said, oh, cool, great. He said, will you help me? I said, of course. I said, but 50% of the business is mine. Oh, no way. But the thing is, we speak and we talk and this, no, you're not ready yet. Okay, hang on, do this. You understand? So I guide him and lead him, but that dream is there. And I I will keep composting that little dream. And when it's the right time, I will water it. But he shared with someone that is a dreamer himself that believes there's a greater tomorrow than today. Dreams are what cause us to climb and reach for things that are greater than ourselves. Dreams help us to forget the troubles of life so that we can reach for our promised land. What is the promised land that God has for you? Obviously second to becoming like him in heaven. I mean, that's obvious. A dream is a picture, a possibility, a hope, and a desire for a more desirable future. And I have a much more desirable future than what I presently have at this time. What about you? Do you desire a greater future than what you have now? Then you need to dream and implement those dreams. So come, let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person here. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would spark within us as we go through your word carefully, that you would spark those dreams that you have placed within us. And those that do not have any dream, Lord, I pray that you would ignite a dream in their heart. And they, they would see the immense, the tremendous amount of possibilities that there are and the different things that they are able to accomplish with the gifts and the talents and the abilities that you place placed within them. I pray that, and thank you that this nation would be a better place because we will contribute to this nation and not just be leeches and take from everyone else. And Lord, I pray that you would spark within us a dream that comes from your heart. In your precious name, I pray this. Amen. God wants to take us from heartbreak to...
to jubilation. He wants to take us from brokenness to wholeness, from devastation to recreation, from betrayal to faithfulness, from bitterness to blessing, from tragedy to triumph, and from a dream to it becoming a reality. It always starts in a dream. When we started this congregation in the the hall many years ago, I had a dream that God was going to one day give us this building, and I spoke it out, and I told the congregation, and it became a reality. But there's a process for that to happen. Let us have a look at the process. But before we do, let's read Genesis 37, verse 5 to 11. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Please note it says all the more, which means they already hated him. Why was that? We'll get to that. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were, we were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaves rose and stood up while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. <laughs> oh, my head. Not very wise telling this to his brothers. Verse 8, his brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Verse 9. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and the eleven stars were buying down to them. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to, your, to, to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father, who was a little bit more mature, kept the matter in mind. Please forgive me for adding there, but you know what I'm saying. His, his father, it says there, kept the matter in mind. Right, let's have a look at the process of a dream. Firstly, dreams need to be birthed in our heart. And you need to dare to dream, irrespective of the problems and circumstance that you find yourself and the obstacles that you are having to go through right at this present moment in time. And all of you are different phases in your life. And I don't know what you are, but I know these dreams in your heart. I know some of you have accomplished dreams that are in your heart. I know some of you are frustrated right now. Some of you that have stopped dreaming. But wherever you are, God wants to allow those to come alive in your heart. And if you've stopped dreaming, to, bring, to give birth to new dreams. But you need to understand, it, start, it first starts birth in your heart. Even if you literally lie down and you dream, if you sleep and you have a dream, that's how I got called into the ministry. And I worked, woke up in absolute shock and fear because now... I knew this was God speaking. And I knew that I knew. And now I had to tell my parents and all of these kind of things. And I've started studying agriculture. You know, these, you find yourself in this the situation. Irrespective, it has to be birthed in your heart. So you can see it in the mind's eye and then it has to come here. Okay? So Joseph has this dream and he wakes up and he thinks, whoa, and where does this dream go. It goes to his heart. You know why? Because he verbalized it. The minute someone speaks it out, you must know that this has been birthed already here. Hello. And a dream always starts in the pit. It never ever starts. Never starts at the palace. Hello. 
You will get it birthed in the hardship of life. It's often is the case. But where's where the dream? The dream is the palace. The dream is that's where I'm heading. But it does not come where you're heading. It comes in the most difficult times of your life. That's where it's birthed. But you need to dream it, and then you need to allow it to filter down into your heart. Number two, dreams are often birthed out of pain, just by the way. Joseph's brothers, did they, when he told them, what does the Bible say? They hated him all the more. They already hated him. Why? He had been spoiled. He had been seen as the blue-eyed boy. Do you think that didn't affect him? Did he purposefully be the blue-eyed boy? No. Was it any of his fault, any of his doing? No. Do you think he wanted to be loved and accepted by his brothers? Of course he did. Of course he did. Do you think he was maybe rubbing it in when he shared the dream with his brothers? I don't know. You do think whatever you want. That's your, that's your, that's your prerogative. The point is, is he shares it with them. But he, it was birthed when he was frustrated. He, I can tell you now he was unhappy because now he's, his brothers hate him and there's this tension. And suddenly here comes this dream that one day his brothers will bow down to him. Or at least it was the sheaves. What is your interpretation? Often in life, your dreams will be birthed. In the hardest times of life, I, I, most a lot of you know. Last year, I wasn't. There was no funds in the church. I couldn't get paid a salary. I, and I, this had never happened in my business. I could not pay any of my staff. I could not pay my debts. It was, and literally, you get you feel like you've been choked. You go, "How am I going to do this?" And it was at that time I said, "Lord, I will never ever allow this to happen to me again. Never." And I, I started dreaming, and I started this business, and I started that business. And we have no, not one of us have an excuse. We need to allow God to birth things within us that we can accomplish great things for Him, and also provide for our homes. Hello. If some of you want to know, the one thing is I started a DJ thing, and my son runs it, and I then. It, did well, I bought a second rig, and I'm going to let someone else from this congregation help me with it, and I have someone in that works for me that's also helping run it. So there will be a small little passive income. And it's nothing big, it's nothing great, but it's a little bit that will help my, my family. Do you understand? There are numerous opportunities out there, numerous. My wife was asked someone, please, for a quote for a photo booth. This person took two weeks and my wife got frustrated. So I said, okay, no problem. I'll start one. And she said, whoa, no ways. I said, no, okay, I'll, I'll do the planning. When you're ready, I would. No, no, no. Eventually she said, okay, you can do it. And that's another thing. And it'll be a little passive income. And there are, we have none of us have any excuse. There are many opportunities out there. All you have to do is say, Lord, open my eyes. Let me dream. So I want to encourage you. Dream. Dream big. And you know what? It's in your hardest times that you're going to start dreaming. Because you're going to say, that's it. And out of those painful times, it'll push you. That no matter what, it'll come to pass. Number three. Dreams should be written down. Habakkuk 2 verse 2 says, Then the Lord replied, 
write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that, the, so that a herald may run with it. Write down, this is what I've dreamed, right, how am I going to do this, right? I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to plan this, right, 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 boom, right. And sometimes you'll have it on the shelf and it'll just sit there and it'll just sit there and it'll just sit there. And marinate it. And it might take years and decades before you even say, right, let's go. And it might be decades before God allows it to come to pass. But I want to encourage you, once you've written it down, to say, right, Lord, there it is. What's the direction I should take now? And the the best thing is when you've had a dream that you formulate a vision and steps and goals to accomplish it. Because if you don't do that, often you lose it. So make sure you write it down. Number four, a dream should be shared selectively. Be very careful who you share your dream with. Be very careful who you share your dream with. Joseph shares his dream, and they hated him all the more. And they think, you little whippersnapper, little 17-year-old, who do you think you are? We are all your older brothers. I'm your daddy, and who do you think you are? You little rotten scoundrel. Do you understand? Don't share your dream with anyone unless they are part of the encouragement and the fulfillment of your dream. Don't do it. And secondly, that they can hear from God and they can pray with you and for you in it. Because most times, most people will destroy your dream at the first word. Hello? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, you crazy. Oh, that'll never work. Oh, that's what a stupid idea. Blah, blah, blah. You will always have to be very selective who you share your dream with. There are some dreams that I've only shared with one or two people. Even my calling. I've shared it with some of my family. Otherwise, you're like, who do you think you are? (laughs) Number five, dreams will cause you to have adversities. And adversaries, sorry. And you must know you will have enemies the minute you speak. If you say, hey, this is what I, boom, you're going to have enemies. So be very careful who you share it with. Here he shares it with them. And what do they do? They get the stone needle with him. Verse 30, uh, chapter 37, verse 27. Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, which they wanted to do. They wanted to kill him. One of the brothers persuaded him not to. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. So his brothers agreed and they sold him to, into slavery. After he begged, after he pleaded, after he said, please don't do this. Don't do this grave sin against God. All sin, first and foremost, is against God, not against the person. Okay? And that we need to understand. He had many adversaries because he had a plan, and this is what God had said will happen. And he lived accordingly. Potiphar's wife comes, this beautiful dame, and tries to seduce him. And he just says, how can I sin against not just Potiphar, who's my boss, and against you, but even more so, how can I sin against God? All and any sin is first and foremost against God. Theft is sin and first and foremost against God. Do not think that this government can steal land from anyone 
and think that it is right. It is wrong. They will be sinning gravely against God and there will be no favor upon this nation if they do that. Number six, dreams require years of preparation. Short-term pain for long-term gain. Who of you you have studied many, many years in your life? Who studied for degrees or whatever? It, It doesn't take a day. It is hard work. And while your friends are jawling out there and some of them are making money because they've got jobs and here you are sitting with these, I mustn't even say wretched books because sometimes that's how you feel, isn't it, when you study. But you, so often you're studying there, they're not wretched because they're blessed because they're imparting knowledge into your life. But sometimes you feel, mm, all these people are doing this, but the reward comes later on. And I've seen many people start and they just think, oh, no ways. This price is too high. And the others that carry on, and when they get that first paycheck, they see this was worth it because their dream came to pass. But they were willing to pay the short-term pain that they had to endure to get that long-term gain. Most are not willing to pay it. Most, especially in this day and age. They want easy, microwave, quick-fix-it solutions. And they don't want to pay the price to get ahead in life. Are you with me? What about you? Are you willing to pay the price? I don't know, your price is different to my price, etc., etc. It takes years of preparation, but it will pay in the long run. Number seven, dreams should never be lost because of opposition. And you will have opposition. But don't allow that dream to be lost. Because people say, oh, that'll never happen. Do not allow that to dissipate from your life. And one of the blessings, if you've written it down, you can always go back to it and allow God to refresh it in your life. You will have opposition, I can promise you. I guarantee you that. Most excuses are false reason for inactivity. Most of us just live on excuses. Well, you're maybe tomorrow, or the next day, or the next week, and, uh, and we never ever accomplish what God has put in our heart. I want to encourage you to become dreamers. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who on earth can be against us? Who can be against you? No one. If God is for you, and God is for you, God wants to bless you. God wants to use you. And may your dreams come true. Point eight. Dreams take time to be accomplished. And the, most pro- most, the problem with most people is that they want the end result and they want it now. And that just in reality does not happen. No great dreams or accomplishments come overnight. As I said, Joseph's dream took how many years to be fulfilled? Thirteen. What about, who of you have had dreams that took more than a decade to be fulfilled. Put up your hand, please. No, put it high so people can see. Do you see that? Some of you, five years. Some of you, ten. Some of you, twenty. Some of you, thirty. Some of you, forty. Who cares the length of time as long as what God has put in your heart ends up being fulfilled? And you've been faithful to the end. Who cares how long it takes? As long as you've been faithful to it. As long as you've not let go. All of you know we've got a wedding venue. Do you know that? Do you know that when the first person got married at our wedding venue? Who, who knows how many years ago? 
Hmm? How many years ago? Three years. Anyone else want to guess? Come on. Might be four. They got, they got married, but they were not the first people. The first guy that got married, I sent him a picture. He says, yeah, why? And then he responded on Facebook. He, and this is what he says to me. Wow, and your place looks incredible. That is a dream come true, I'm sure. Love the name of your venue also. You and your wife have done an excellent job with the venue. I hope that you will continue to grow and may it really be a blessing to you. I hope you guys are doing well. And then I wrote something back. Then he says, yeah, hi, Ian. Uh, just a small snippet of what he said. Yes, I can, I, can believe, uh, and I can believe to get your place looking like that is really, it really had to have taken very hard work. I remember how hard you worked to just get the slab and deck ready for our wedding. Uh, yes, I can believe that the uncertainty about the land issue really can be disconcerting, especially since you've worked so hard to be where you are and in the same breath, have always dealt honestly and even tried to help others along the way. In short, uh, course, how do you tell someone is, is in, in a quick message about, seven, about the last seven years? Can you believe it's been so long? Seven years ago. He came to me and he, he, he camped at our venue and he said, please, man, he wants to get married here. I said, where? No, yeah, right in front of the dam. I said, are you crazy? It's down like this. No, that doesn't matter. Maybe we can live a little bit or something. He wants to get married here. I said, no, man. I said, if you put tables here, they're gonna fall. everything's going to fall. So he said, maybe, we, you, maybe you wouldn't mind leveling it then. So I said, gee, you know. To my great shock, I think it was close to, I don't know, I paid my parents off a for a long time on there. I think it was about 40k just to level that area. Then I said, well, if it rains, it's going to be a month, so we had to put a slab. Then we put a deck, you know, because here you have this concrete and then this mud, and so we had to put a deck. That's, how, that's what happened. It, seven years ago, and I'm still in millions of rands of tea. <laughs> but that's not the point. The point is, all I'm trying to say is, do not think it happens overnight. Their son was married there, but he, then we had a roof and everything. So in a sense, yes, that was more. But do you understand the beginning stages of it were seven years, more than seven years ago. And it's little by little you fulfill your dream. It is not in an instant. Do not think that your dream is going to come just overnight. It takes hard, tough and it's a difficult process, and you will have a lot of opposition, I promise you. And those of you that have dreams being fulfilled, you know what exactly what I'm talking about. I share this more for the younger guys. You will have opposition, but don't let that deter you from God. what God has placed in your heart. Become all that God has called you to be. And do not listen to the naysayers of this world and to those that, try to deter you from what God has called you to do. And then lastly, dreams work, worked at end up being fulfilled. If you work at it and you're faithful, eventually God will honor you and it will come to pass. Not might, it will. It will. 
Always remember faithfulness to God and the, and the dream, and it will come to pass, no matter what opposition comes your way. I believe with all my heart that if you work at it and that you keep at it, it will be fulfilled. You know, I've been looking at a documentary on, on World War II and how Hitler just, I mean, he, do you know he took over most of Europe? Do you know that? No, some, some think only the Eastern Bloc. And he took over just about the whole of Europe and he started going into Russia, took over most of Russia. And he killed millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of people and destroyed city after city and families. And it is, it is so sick. And you know what it came to? Not. Nothing. He destroyed his own life. He destroyed his people. Why? Because he wanted to steal to get ahead. You can never steal to get ahead. Never. It will come back to bite you. And I'm praying that this nation will catch a wake-up. And our politicians will realize you cannot plunder and steal to get ahead. You have to dream the impossible dream. That is how you get ahead. And then work that dream. And do not stop till it comes to pass. And as sure as the day dawns, it will come to pass. All those that have accomplished anything great in this world have done it starting with a dream. But they've worked at it and they've not let it go. And they've not looked to others. They've looked in, into what God is saying and said, how do I do this? And then they formed a team around them to become great. We have a great wedding venue because we have great people around us that are faithful. We have a great congregation because we have amazing people in this congregation that love God and serve Him with all their heart. Anything, any great achievement depends on the team. Teamwork always makes the dream work. Always. Do not think that you can do it on your own. Get people alongside you so that you can allow your dream to be fulfilled. Genesis 29 verse 9 to 10, it says here, No one is greater in this house than I am. This is Joseph saying, okay? My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. What an honorable man. God has got greater things in store for me. I'm not going to abuse the position that he's put me in. Most people in this day would say, let me test drive this chick, you know. Come on. Most men would do that today. He's sick. Because there's no honor. There's no integrity anymore. And you know why? Because the fathers are passive. And most of the fathers in this nation are passive. May you take that rod and spank your child when need be and restrain them from the evil. And I pray that this government will pick up their mouths from trying to just smear people with lies and deceit. And that they would say this will stop. And this will go no further. I will not allow this. And boy, oh boy, the day we see that, we're going to see this nation rise. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And that is his promise to you and I. Not just to Joshua. Where he says, 
Don't you worry. I'm here with you. I will never leave you, for, forsake you. He says the same to you, even us in this nation, where you feel almost maybe God has forsaken you. That is not the truth. That is a lie. God is with us. And he says, go forth and conquer. Go and become all that I've called you to. Fulfill the dreams that I've placed within you. And go and accomplish and conquer. Who of you here have dreams in your heart, but you've allowed it to die down? Who of you here can say, Lord, forgive me because I have allowed the circumstances, the hard times, the the rhetoric that is around me to, to allow me to waver in what you have called me to. And I'm looking at everything else but what you have said. Who of you are there? God wants to change that. Today, not tomorrow, today. That you leave here saying, I'm going to become what God has called me to. I'm going to accomplish the dreams that he has in his heart for me. Because dreams will provide you with a reason to go. A path to follow and a target to hit. And this congregation and every one of it is going to hit that target. Amen? Amen? Come, let's pray. Father, we thank you that nothing is impossible for those of us that believe. Nothing is impossible for those that believe. And Lord, I pray that you would come and that you would reignite in every single one of our hearts a new excitement and enthusiasm to accomplish the dreams that you have placed within our heart. And I pray, and I pray that you would pray the same. Forgive me, Lord, for allowing the dream that you've placed within my heart to be dampened, to be crushed, to be destroyed. Would you come and speak again and make things clear in my heart and in my mind that my mind's eye can see the possibilities that you have in store for me. Lord, I pray that you would raise up a standard in our life, that we would be movers and shakers, and that we would not be leeches, but that we would contribute to make this nation a better place. I pray for every single person here, Lord Jesus. I pray that every one of us would dream the impossible dream once again. Thank you that it's in your heart that we do great exploits to the glory and the honor of your name. And Lord, I thank you that you have this nation in the palm of your hand. And I thank you that it will become a godly nation, a Christian nation, a nation that stands up for godliness and righteousness. And truly that we will be a rainbow nation that loves and serves you and that works together for a common good of not just making this nation great again, but making you great in this nation and doing it all to the glory and the honor of your name. We bless you and we thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. We bless you and we thank you for what you're doing in this congregation. And we bless you and we thank you for what you're going to do in and through our lives, in the days and the weeks and the years that lie ahead, all to the glory and honor of your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And amen.